Welcome to Future Forward Sales. I'm Lynn Whitbeck, founder and CEO of futureforwardsales.com and Petite to Queen. Our superpower is empowering business owners to transform their sales and grow their business. We work with business owners who reject complacency and focus on innovative thinking to thrive. At the end of the show, in about 20 minutes, I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing sales podcasts. Let's go. So right now we have Melissa Forzia of Melissa Forzia Events and Marketing. How are you, Melissa? I'm good. How are you? I am great. Cannot complain. It's a lovely Friday. So I'm very excited to be hosting you, having you today. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me on and hopefully we can get some good information out there. Yeah, absolutely. So let's start simple with that information. Tell me who you are and what your company does. Absolutely. So my name is Melissa Forziat. Uh, as you said, owner of Melissa Forziat Events and Marketing. So uh, I'll take it back a little bit and say that like some people, perhaps, uh, my business started by accident. And okay. it. Um, I had been I earlier in my career, I had been doing major international sport events. I worked like Olympic Winter Games and Rugby World Cup. So I was doing these projects that were usually like one and a half, two years long and moving around okay. from place to place. Um, I landed in Seattle and I was looking for work and finding it hard to come by. And in a networking meeting, I told somebody who had some very interesting ideas Mm -hmm. that I'd take him on as a client. And then when I walked out of that meeting, I was like, Ooh, what did I just do? (laughs) And he didn't become a client, but he immediately had a referral for me like within a week Okay, for a really big client. And so my business started with uh, a huge event project that had all the marketing folded in. And over the years, it's really expanded to incorporate a lot of small business marketing clients speaking. Um, So generally, uh, most of my client base is micro businesses that are trying to market on a budget. And we find all these different ways, depending on what their budget actually is to work with me to help them get information about what they should do to help them develop marketing strategy. But it started with these like very complex projects. Um, So I've kind of got a little bit of experience in both. Yeah. So now it's kind of scaled down a little bit more, would you say, than like you said, than the complex projects? It's interesting because the size of the projects has often scaled down, but then like my business has scaled up the number of clients I serve, the number of different types of offerings that I have, um, you know, before I might've just done an event and rolled the marketing in with it. And now I have like, I consider five different service arms of my business, including speaking and I have courses and there's just a lot of different elements. So it's interesting because the size of the typical project that I work on might on average be smaller, mm-hmm. but the number of clients I'm serving and the types of things that I'm doing for them has expanded. And okay. it's been kind of cool to watch that happen while I've been working with those clients. Cause very often they have to do a similar thing and reach a volume of, of clients of their own. So it's nice to have that experience on my end too. Of course, to make that transition. And so that kind of goes perfectly into my next question of how then did you create fresh opportunities to best serve your your current customers? In terms of offerings, you mean? Yeah, because you talked about like speaking and then the marketing. And I'm curious too, because like events and marketing, kind of just how you're able to combine both of those. And even though it's smaller projects, just how you're able to offer different opportunities for customers. Yeah, well, it's actually really interesting because to me, an event is a marketing campaign. 
Mm-hmm. Um, depending on what kind of event you're running, unless you're, it could be that you're doing like a corporate training event for your team, but otherwise right. usually you have to get people to it. You need to get volunteers. Mm-hmm. You might want to get sponsors and all of this stuff is about putting your message out there. So I actually found even in the event world that I had to think like a marketer to make sure people were mm-hmm. there. Um, there's nothing worse as an event manager than like doing all the work and having nobody show up. So you don't want that to happen. And Mm -hmm. you really work to put the message out and make sure people are interested. So I think, you know, my event background actually gave me all these different types of constituent groups that I needed to work with. And how would you be effective in marketing to them? And it's something that I've just sort of broken up into little pieces in the rest of my business. I think the really cool thing about my business, because you had asked about, you know, how offerings come about. And for me as a marketer, and I think for the conversation about sales in general, it's really about understanding what your audience needs. Of course. And you can sit here all day long and be like, oh, well, I really like doing this and I really want to do that. But if your audience doesn't care about that, it's not something you're going to generate revenue from. Mm -hmm. So every decision we make as business owners, as marketers, as people who are doing sales um, is to really try to put in front of somebody something that makes sense to them that they actually want to learn more about. Cause that's where the good conversations mm-hmm. come from. And that's probably where the revenue is going to come from. So for me, what was really helpful as I was expanding my offerings was actually being a speaker and starting to break into the speaking world. And typically I would actually get those opportunities. The first year that I was building my speaking business, I realized I needed to have some speaking engagements on my resume and I needed to test out my material. So I would, you know, try to figure out how I could get in front of a group, like a chamber of commerce Mm -hmm. or some other networking group. And I would often get in the room, like, however I could, they weren't paying me, you know, like it was just like, I was just getting the room how I could. And I would try to figure out like, first of all, how can I make opportunities in that room? And also you know, asking them directly, like, well, what types of marketing questions are your clients asking you about or your members asking you about? And so I would construct a talk and I'd get in front of the group and then I'd listen to their questions because, you know, I would give my material, but there'd always be a Q&A. And as I started taking my material out to different places, because that first year I was being fairly assertive about trying to book engagements in different places so I could build my speaker mm-hmm. resume but I would always get really different questions depending on where I was, you know, if I was in a rural area or a metropolitan area or another country, or like, it was just really um, interesting to see the kinds of feedback people had. And from those questions came all of my offerings, you know, it was like, Oh, I need another talk for that. I need a course for that. Um, I can work with people on that. Mm-hmm. You know, I would come away and they'd be like, can you work with me as a client on that topic you just spoke about? And be like, yes, mm-hmm. I can now. Please, yeah. um, so it's really cool because I would get that instant feedback in a very obvious way. I think mm-hmm. for a lot of people, it's important to find some mechanism to get that feedback, whatever you're doing to put yourself out there um, and whatever you're doing in a sales process, because otherwise you can't know for sure that what you're offering is actually relevant. Right. So would you say then the whole, like with the speaking and basically the feedback is what was your leverage, like for flexibility to think outside the box, you think that really kind of broadened what you can offer and kind of open your mind to different services? It really did. I mean, Mm -hmm. if you had looked at my list of offerings five years ago, it was pretty lean. And I think now I'm really able to accommodate people in a variety of areas, both through passive income that I've already created, it's out there and I can just sell it. Um, you know, 
a question somebody asks, I might have a course for it already. Or if I don't, we can sit down one-on-one and talk about it in a way that's very live and responsive to the way they need to ask the question. So I kind of figured out um, not only different ways to package my offerings, but also people are different in how they want to consume information. Mm -hmm. So part of my process was being able to say, some people want to DIY learn this thing and they're going to like take a worksheet and they're really going to work on it. Some people want to be handheld the whole Mm -hmm. step along the way. And I think that's actually a really valuable thing to know in any sales process too, because those people want to be sold to differently. So I I try to identify that really early on when I'm talking with somebody and be like, okay, I think what I need to talk with them about is this, because I really don't see this other option working for them. Um, And just to sort of put people into the right space and then explain why I think that is the right space for them so that we know it is. Um, And it's nice because over the years I've developed enough different options that it doesn't take me any effort to recommend what I think the right thing is for them. Of course. And do you think that, cause I can just imagine for myself, I think I would love it if I was working with someone, I felt like that company was trying to kind of morph it into what best suits me. I feel like your customers would really enjoy to feel like they're getting something somewhat personalized to the way they mm-hmm. receive information, the correct information. I feel like that's really beneficial for both you and the client. I I hope so. It feels that way to me. I mean, I try to be careful about, I mean, I think one of the things that can happen when we have a lot of things to offer somebody is that if you tell them about everything at once, it can sort of paralyze them and prevent Mm -hmm. them from making a decision. So again, I think it's about assessing who you're talking to and seeing, is this somebody who actually is going to want to know their options so they can evaluate them? Or do they just want to like give them one thing that you think is custom made for them? Explain why you think it's right and move forward from there. Um, yeah, I think personality has gone a lot. Like I I've really learned to take a closer look at that in the process because chances are I can accommodate whoever it is, but how we, how that conversation unfolds may be different from one person to the next. Absolutely. So then you said about five years ago, you've come a long way. It was very like, said, narrow and linear as far as your offering. So where do you see your business then the next few years and what are your plans to make that vision happen? Yeah, it's very well-timed question because I actually sat down with my team. So one of the things that I do every year, I have a strategic plan for my business. The type of exercise that I do for my clients, I do for my own business, which is you know creating a marketing strategy and understanding how the different operational elements of my business roll in, how my team fits in, if there's a place where I can make my time more efficient or I can delegate more to my team or where there's potential growth. So when we sat down recently, um, we really looked at the question of where the growth can happen, what we mm-hmm. what we're doing well, what we could be doing better, um, what things might need to shift given things that have happened in the last year or two. So um, we really kind of assess that on a yearly basis, and it helps set direction. For me, there what's what's cool about my business is that there are, like I said, I consider it five different service arms. So there are different mm-hmm. ways that I can help people. And for me, those are different sides of the business, and I'm nurturing some different relationships there. So we identified some that we think are maybe more passive, where there's a okay. lot of opportunity for growth, and it doesn't always require my time. And if we focus in those areas, it grows the business a little bit uh, more steadily. And then you can decide what you do to reinvest in other areas of the business with that. But it's actually a really fun, well, for me, it's really <laughs> fun to think about that question of where's the business going. And I love that you asked it, because I think that um, 
The first time somebody asked me, how big do you want your business to get? Mm-hmm. It maybe blew my mind wide open. <laughs> it's <was laughs> like, what are you talking about? I just need to pay for my rent. I need enough revenue to put food on the table. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. we're just looking at the basics. I don't even know what this question means. I couldn't, I couldn't really process it at the time, Yeah. but I do think about it now because sometimes we get to a place in, you know, for me, it's in my business for other people. You may have a, a position within a company. And I think the question is the same, like how much growth do you want to have? Do you want to get that management position? Mm-hmm. Do you want your do you want your team size to grow? Like these are questions that are actually very important to understand because sometimes we make those leaps and realize we hate the Mm -hmm. tasks that come along with it. And like, why not ask yourself the questions before you get there so that you can say, maybe I don't want to become a people manager. Maybe I do want to serve clients or maybe all I want to do is hit those revenue goals, you Mm -hmm. know, every month. And then, and then go home, you know, like for some of us, that's a sweet spot for some of us, the sky is the limit. And we Mm want to make seven figures, eight figures. We want to like, we want these huge teams and uh, you know, you want to be the CEO of a company and you know, you can dream whatever you want to dream, but make sure that you actually want to do what comes with it when you get there. (laughs) Of course. And I'm sure for you, it's almost like a celebration when you do something that simple where now you can envision such a large goal. You could see your company getting bigger. Because like you said, not too long ago, it was like, I'm just trying to have this idea flourish and not sink or anything. And so I'm sure it kind of gives you a pat on the back, like, wow, I've gone to a place now where I can envision this. I really see this being a very successful thing. Yeah, to a degree. I think, you know, that same person asked me the question again this year when I was strategic planning. Mm-hmm. And I, I think... Although my business gets a little bit bigger each year in in some ways, I thought about, you know, from a standpoint of like, well, how big would I want my team to be? Mm -hmm. And for me, the number, you know, I I thought I really can't imagine it ever being more than 10 people. Like right now it's me and two, you know, virtual assistants. And I have other people that like I'll contract for certain things. Of course. Um, But I, I feel like I'm almost in my sweet spot in terms of number of people on the team. And I, I almost can't imagine going above five, but I think like we're looking at the single digit numbers in terms of size of my team. And I think for other people, you know, they're looking to go much higher than that. And they're looking to really have different areas of the business. Um, I've seen some people who are business owners who sort of remove themselves, who have only passive income businesses and they can grow it however much they want to from there because their time isn't, isn't limiting them. But I don't want that. I want to be able to work with small businesses. I want to be able to work with my clients and I want a little bit of that other piece too. But you know, some of these things are questions that are very personal to you and you have to ask like, where are you going from here? I also, one other thing I think about that too, is that, um, you know, sometimes people say, I don't, I want to do the day-to-day work. I I want to be able to pick up the phone and call people and nurture clients and generate those sales and work, you know, directly one-on-one with customers. But there may come a time when life prevents you from doing that for whatever reason. And, you know, I wanted to make sure that I had some security in that area as well. So Mm -hmm. it's just something to reevaluate every year. I think your personal goals, because it helps, um, it helps you set 
business goals. It helps you set revenue goals and it helps you make sure all of those things are working together so that you're like a balanced, healthy person instead of just running to catch up all the time. Right. Cause at the end of the day, the business goals have to be almost made from the personal goals because then they, it's the person running the business and doing the job. Mm-hmm. So I mean, anything fun. where, you know, making an outcome happen is tied to some amount of effort or time from you. You always have to think about like, well, what are the other competing things for your time? And sometimes that's life. And sometimes that's other things in the business. And um, you know, it's important to just keep checking in and making sure you're throttling everything the way that it needs mm-hmm. to be based on the time that you have. And, you know, I can sit here and say that I've got the right balance today, but if something happened tomorrow and it drastically changed what was happening in my life, if I had to take care of somebody or if I had to take care of myself, um, you know, I want to make sure that that's possible. So you ha- you have to be nimble enough to be able to change. And that, yeah, that makes sense. And so switching gears, you also have a free ebook available on your website. Could you tell us a little bit about that and where exactly to find it on your website? Sure. Pretty much any page that you land on, including my homepage will pop up, uh, have the pop up that sends you to the ebook. And the ebook is called small business marketing on a budget. And it's a free ebook. It's 25 pages plus of marketing advice and It talks about 10 different types of tools that you could do on a budget. Some are completely free and some, you know, if you're starting to think about putting some budget in, you can. One of the things that I often think about from a marketing standpoint and and a business standpoint is that marketing to me either costs money or time or a combination of the two. Like Mm -hmm. you can really, you can spend all day long relationship building and it could cost you $0, but it will spend, you'll spend a lot of time doing it. Um, So I think a lot of times when people start out, they have the time because they don't have the client base yet. They don't have those calls to make to work on the customer retention. But as time goes on, you may not want to throw that time in and you might want to throw money at it instead. So it does sort of change the options that are available to you as your client list grows um, or as your brand grows. So, you know, knowing what your options are at different stages is really important. And the ebook really documents that and mm-hmm. says, like, okay, what are the things that you could do today? And then maybe what are the things that you could do in like a year when you've got a little bit more revenue to play with and you're thinking about how to invest it back into your business. Exactly. And there's just been so much amazing information throughout this whole recording. And then of course, with just the free ebook. So there is a website, melissaforziaevents.com. Are there any other platforms to find information? Oh, well, I have an active social media presence. I'm on Facebook. I'm on, I'm going to be on Instagram soon, (laughs) LinkedIn, all those great things. But I think if you start on my website, that's Mm -hmm. a really good resource because there's also a ton of marketing tips in the marketing tips of the week section. Um, You know, I've been doing like a weekly blog for, I don't know how many years now. So if you want to look up something about marketing, chances Mm -hmm. are I've written about it. Um, So that's a really good place to get started. My website just shows you where to go from there. And uh, hopefully it just gives people a foundation and marketing ideas, sales ideas, psychology that relates to both of those things and how to use it to sort of grow your relationships and your revenue. Perfect. Well, Melissa Forzia, thank you so much for joining us today. And I hope you all enjoyed it and got a lot out of it. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to Future Forward Sales. If you are a business owner who rejects complacency and is driven to increase their sales and grow their business and 
would like to have a global impact by being interviewed on our show, please visit futureforwardsales.com forward slash apply. If you got something out of this interview, would you do me a favor? Share this episode on social media. Then go ahead and subscribe. Give us a thumbs up, a rating, or a review. My name is Lynn Whitbeck, and I thank you again for your time. Let's connect on your favorite social channels. Thanks for listening.